Hello and welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. Over the many years I've been running a business, I've met many, many successful people, entrepreneurs, sports stars, celebrities, and dare I say, even royalty. So what makes a person successful? Do we know what success is? And the all-important question, can we create success for ourselves? This podcast series invites a diverse group of people to share their insights, their wisdom, and the things they've learned along the way. Today on the Sandro Forte podcast, we are joined by a really fascinating human being, and you're going to discover all the reasons why. Mikhail Jewell Iverson, on the 2nd of April 2020, started an emergency food initiative for homeless people left out on London streets during the lockdown. Since it began, Mikhail's team have delivered over 5,000 meals, that is 5,000 meals, to rough sleepers who feel betrayed by the government promising to find them shelter. Thanks to public support, they're hoping to increase the 200 plus meals they serve each night and achieve their ultimate goal of ending homelessness for good. An absolutely incredible and humbling Sandro Forte podcast today. What you're about to hear, I think, will make you feel the same way. So I'm really, really looking forward to talking to this fascinating individual who has given up you know, a huge amount of his time, his life indeed, to help the needs of other people. So, Mikhail, Jules, Iverson, thank you so much for coming onto the Sandro Forte podcast and sharing your fascinating story with us today. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm always really humbled. I've used that word already. I don't think we can overuse it uh, for people like you. I'm always really humbled and, and indeed fascinated, which is why I really wanted to help share your story today for any individual who who puts the needs of others first, you know, in a world where it's all too easy to become self-consumed, people just step away from it all and go, I, I need to do something for humankind. And I, and I think it's amazing. And I, I, I really am very eager to tell your story on, on the Sandro Forte podcast. But before we do that, can I just ask you a, a little bit about your background uh, and, and what led to the creation of Under One Sky? Sure. Yeah, it's... Um... It's, it's quite a long story, but I'll keep it short. But uh, the, the time it took to get to Under One Sky actually took quite a few years. Uh, I'm Danish and I've, I've been living in London for the last sort of 20 plus years. I came to the UK to, to study. I studied at, at LSE, studied finance and accounting, and, um, and actually thought that I wanted to, um, wanted to be in, in sort of management consulting, investment banking. And that's also why I started. Uh, but uh, my career got off to a pretty pretty bad start, uh, at least looking ahead, but in hindsight, it probably was a good thing uh, because I started out my career working for a startup and that was right around the time where the tech bubble burst. So uh, we had about nine months and then I was facing my first redundancy. Um, fresh out of, out of uh, university, I had to find another job quite quickly. So I, I moved into commodities trading, trading uh, energy commodities. And about nine months after I started there, Enron folded. And the liquidity of, the, of those markets uh, basically just went flat. So I was sort of facing my second redundancy in, uh, in, in, in two to three years, uh, which wasn't the greatest start to my career. Um, and at around that same time, 
I had a, I had a, a physical issue. I had a slip disc and uh, had very severe sciatica. So I kind of had to roll out of bed every morning and learn to walk. Um, so I was not in a good space physically or mentally either, uh, which didn't make it easier, of course. And um, up until that time in my life, or at, around that moment, things had been quite cloudy. And, and what happened in this process was was really like the fog was lifting. I was starting to see clarity. And one of the things that happened was I had, it, it was like a voice that came to me saying, your passion is people. And that's actually where it all started. So from that moment, I then started walking a path of people being my passion. It didn't mean that I, I, I just started doing charity work. I was still working in business. I moved into the film business and I worked for Universal Studios for many years. But slowly, slowly, I started developing a bigger and bigger part of my life that was people being my passion. And uh, I, was, I was tested in many ways, meeting people who had issues and and troubles in their life. And for some reason, I just met them to actually help them in some way, even though I'm not a, I'm not a therapist, I'm not an expert in that field. But it was probably more about learning that simply by being present, uh, you can actually afford a lot of help to another person. And that's really the, that's really the sort of the, the core of compassion is, is just spending time together and sharing someone else's pain. So, um, that, that all really happened in 2003. If we then fast forward to 2012, that's where I, I set up on one sky. And it was set up on the back of me helping a couple of homeless guys um, individually uh, over probably about a year each uh, on a one-to-one -one basis. I learned a lot. Um, I really saw the dark side of homelessness. I also saw the issues that they, they came up against. So I, I really got my hands dirty in that process. And uh, so in 2012, I set up a film production company uh, with the mission to make films that inspire positive social change. And we were very early days in, in our progress. And I just said to my business partner, why don't we go out and do something that, uh, that really sort of embraces the values that we stand for? So why don't we go out and, and spend time with some homeless people before Christmas and, uh, and give them some life necessities? And uh, we agreed to do that. I put it on Facebook and asked if anyone wanted to join us. Um, and what happened immediately was that people wanted to give us money. So um, in three to four days, we raised just short of 2,000 pounds, not a huge load, but still, you know, if you ask for nothing and you get 2,000 pounds, it's great. And of course, we didn't have any track record for the people who seemed completely random that I was posting this. So, um, and we then had another six people who decided to join us on the, on the street that night. Um, and so we went out and we helped about 50 people that night. Uh, it was pouring rain. It was really not uh, the best conditions. And when it's raining, it's also harder to actually find people because just like us, they don't like to, uh, they don't like to get wet. What happened after that uh, was really, I then posted our event and the stories of the people that we met and so on and so forth. And then basically people just came from all, uh, sort of all areas of my life who I was connected with on Facebook and said, I want to do this. You have to do it again. I'm in for next year, whenever you're doing it. And that's really how things started rolling. Wow. I'm, um, 
it's it's not often it's not often Mikel I'm I'm left speechless but um I've I mean you've you've probably asked your question and and at no point did I feel the need to to interrupt that incredible journey you've been on um to kind of disseminate what you've said I I've heard and apologies if I'm paraphrasing anything you said but I've heard you know you discovered this passion I mean I hear a lot of people talking about passion but I don't often see implementation of that passion. So we'll, we'll, talk, we'll touch on that again, I expect. Um, and, and what I loved hearing was you didn't really know how you were going to do it, I think, with the words that you used, but yet you did. And I think the one thing that we know about people generally is that oftentimes we need one person like you, that special person who just says, no idea how we're going to do it. I, I just feel that we need to do it, feel compelled to do something about this problem. And then look what's happened since. Money's come in, volunteers have followed. I mean, it's kudos to everything you've done, Mikel. It's absolutely amazing. Um, I'm I'm interested to know one thing based on what you've just said. And, and I, myself, always take the time, well, not always, but a lot of time, I take a moment to maybe sit down with somebody in the street if they're homeless, uh, go and buy them some food, which I've done a number of times. And I remember posting on Facebook not long ago, actually, my experience with a young guy on the street called uh, Amir. And we we got talking. And I think one of the things that he really loved about that interaction, to use your word, was the fact that he got seen on that day. It wasn't about the food. It wasn't about the shelter. It wasn't about the money. It was the fact that somebody noticed him sitting in a doorway. And when I posted that on social media, I got absolutely hammered by a few people for it because the stereotypical view of a homeless person is, oh, they must be a drug user, they must be drunk, or why why are you celebrating the fact that you've helped somebody that that has the same start in life, has the same um has, has the same means to get up off their backside in life and do something. So what I want to ask you is based on your experience, Mikhail, um, what are the typical misconceptions that people have about homeless people that stops them taking the kind of action that you've taken? I, th- I think that's a really interesting question. And I think, I think you've, you've actually already highlighted a lot of those stereotypes that I think, um, yeah, I, I think that they're quite ignorant, <laughs> to be honest with you, because um and, and I think this is actually a good time to talk about it because with COVID, what we're seeing at the moment because of lockdown is that uh, people reporting mental health issues is going through the roof. Why? Well, mm. because of, of social isolation. You know, we are actually social beings. We're not meant to, to, to spend our lives alone. Um, and so probably a lot of people going through what they're going through now will be able to relate more uh, to you know, you know what it means when you're not in, in top shape mentally, and, and mental mental health is a, is a big issue out on the streets. Of course, a lot of the people who end up on the streets or uh, in in other ways have difficulties in life. It's often it's often down to you know uh, trauma that they've had in childhood or or, or through their their growing up, um, and those those scars keep uh, tripping people over. Um, and so mm. where we need to start is, is about each person is an individual and each person has their own story. We all have our own problems and, 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 and so do they. 
And I don't even like to speak about they because to be honest with you, I think it's a problem that, you know, we call them homeless because it, we have to have some way of categorizing people. But actually, the difference between someone living in a flat and someone li living on the street is, is paper thin. Um, and so as soon as you move into that category where you don't have a house, you actually suddenly have to uh, adopt all, all these different stigmas that the rest of society project on them. But to come back to, to, to one of the main things that I um, encounter, which um, is something we can, we, I think we can speak a bit more about, is, is fear. It's actually, a lot of people are fearful of reaching out. And to me, that's not just related to, to, to a person reaching out to, to the homeless. In general, we're fearful of reaching out um, to, to, to strangers. And we're also fearful when, when someone dares to reach out and, and how am I going to react to that? And I, I feel that's, the, that's where a lot of, um, that's, that's almost where we have to start because um, a lot of the issues around homelessness and the, the stigmas are down to fear. Um, and our own fear that we're projecting on others. Um, and so one of the underlying missions of Under One Sky and the message we want to send is actually moving from a fear-driven society to, a, to a, a society driven by compassion. Because we none of us like to be judged before we've had a chance to, to tell other people our story and who we are. So who are we to, to, uh, to, to judge others in that way? Um, and it's interesting when we take uh, volunteers out because when you, we know all very well that when we do something that has been a big obstacle in our life and when we sort of smash a time that obstacle, the, the sense of achievement when we're on the other side is, 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 is huge. And we're seeing the same when we take volunteers out that are fearful and they break that barrier and, and, and they come out completely different human beings. And so for a lot of our volunteers, it's, it's almost like, uh, you know, a flame is lit in them when they, when they've been out volunteering and then they just keep coming back. And I think it's because I think everyone's longing for, um, connection. You know, I, I, it, I, I think if you said to most people, would you rather have, you know, a society where no one speaks to each other or a society where you sit uh, at the cafes and people are just, you know, speaking freely and having fun and, 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 and so on. Well, people would, most people would choose the latter. And that's really, what, you know, that's part of the message for this is reach out, you know, you're part of society. Like you're one of the wheels in, in the big machine of society. And so you have to reach out. It's, it, I, I think it's your duty to reach out. I, I, um, I read an article that you actually kindly sent me, Mikhail. It, it stated one in 52, which is staggering, one in 52 are homeless in London. And now obviously that puts into perspective for a lot of people just how much of a crisis this is. 
um, because it is it, it's like a hidden it's like a hidden thing, isn't it? You know, we we see people on the street, but our perspective is it's just a small handful of people that you know going back to that stereotypical view, just choose not to work, live off the state, live off handouts, whatever it happens to be. Now, I know your mantra is. For a better tomorrow, you must survive today. What what does that mean to you? And because I mean that has shaped a lot of what you've become um, in terms of the work you do to help homeless people. Yeah. So the, for a better tomorrow, you you must survive today. For us, has been our mantra because we've because we've been a small hobby organization as opposed to a you know a lights on twenty four seven type organization. We we decided to focus on what, where we think we can have an impact. Um, and that is on that moment where we meet a person on the streets. And so that, um, for that surviving today for, for, for me is two things. <clears throat> it's helping people survive in terms of, you know, physical means, sleeping bag, food, uh, helping them find shelter or putting them, sending them to the hospital if, if, if that's what they need. So that's one side of it. The other side of it is really the, the human side and, um, you know, making people feel seen and heard. And it's almost like making sure that flame that burns inside people is a, burns a bit brighter than before you met them. And um, mm. I... I often think about, you You might know an author called Viktor Frankl who, who wrote a, a book about his time in, in, in a concentration camp in, in during the Second World yeah. War. And what he was saying was he knew when people were about to pass away. And that moment was when he, he could no longer see hope in their eyes. That's normally when he knew that the, you know, the, the, that the train had left the station, if we want to put it that way. And so that's, that's why I believe it's so important to go out there and just be a human and spend time with other humans and make sure that that flame burns brighter because that's the fuel. Like it's, it's fueling up the, the soul to mm-hmm. keep on fighting, to keep on believing, to keep on having hope. And that's what's going to make someone walk the walls uh, more than, you know, being mm-hmm. fed for the evening. So, so that for me is the that for me is the core part of the um, you know surviving today. For for a, for an organisation that has made such incredible strides, I mean, thousands of volunteers, hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of funding from from a standing start. Um, what are the next steps then for Under One Sky for for Mikael Iverson? And and I guess linked to that is. Would you mind just sharing us any, you know, personal experience? What what have you personally got from from all of this? Because, you know, there must be, you talk about social isolation, um, some of the mental challenges that many of us face. How, how has this benefited you? And the reason I'm asking you the question is that a lot of people, um, they, they kind of feel like they'd like to do something. They don't necessarily see the personal benefit in it. You know, it's a, it's a service-driven thing. But actually, there must be... It must have changed you as a person. There must be things that you reflect on. You know, for somebody who meditates, who you you reflect inwardly as you do. Um, so yeah, I guess two questions really. Part A would be what's next, and and part B is what have you derived as a personal benefit from this journey? Okay, uh, let, let me start with B, uh, and then I'll, then I'll get to A. So in, in terms of in terms of what have I derived from this? 
I think first, it's just a privilege to be, you know, to be in the eye of the storm on this because um, one of the, you know, as I was saying, it started out with your passion as people. That was the that was the the, the the voice that came to me, and and now I have the privilege of of being in the middle of we call it a family, but uh, and it's a growing family of the most amazing people, like uh, you know people who just do without being asked, uh, and who will go the extra mile. Um, so it's it's first it changed just by actually having that privilege, but also. So having the, the luxury, I would say, of living the mission of my passion being people in such a, in a way that's so alive, because that can be done in many different ways. But I really like the I like the physical aspect of this as well. I like the fact that we're working directly with other human beings, that we're out on the streets, that we are grafting, that um, you know it's not it's it's not all sitting behind a desk uh, taking phone calls. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just a huge privilege and, and, um, and so I think the, the, the main thing that I've derived from it is, is just, uh, yeah, immense joy and happiness because I am, I'm so happy to, this is, this is how I feel society should be. And, you know, I'm very, very willing to, I mean, I, I see my, my first, uh, sort of, uh, task in life to be of value to society. So, um, so by, by being part of creating something that, that allows so many other people to start walking that same journey is a massive privilege. Um, so, and the other thing I've, I've gained from it is, is, is a huge amount of friends, actually also a huge amount of business contacts. Uh, one of the things that I've found with this is that it's actually often the best door opener to other, to other business stuff. Not because um, mm-hmm. I use it that way, but because people who introduce me use it that way. And I think what it does is mm-hmm. it, it creates an, an instant um, creates an instant level of trust, because basically everything that we're doing is out there. Uh, you know, it, it's out there to see. So, um, mm-hmm. and, and that's really that's how we operate. I would say one of the one of my biggest sort of underlying ambitions with under one sky is to create what I would call an ego less organization, because that's been my own journey to this, the, the meditation side you talked about key thing for me has been, I knew in my twenties that I was never going to achieve what I wanted to achieve if I didn't get a, a good handle on my ego, because it would put up too many walls and stop me from doing too many things. Um, because then you favor, you know, being in a good place or looking successful rather than being out there asking for help uh, or not knowing what you're doing, but just trying to do something. Um, and I feel to a very large extent that we've managed to really share that value within the organization that, it, that it's, it's all about the mission. It's not about us. It's not about being out there taking selfies. It's not about us saying, look at us, how great we are. It's really about, it's, it's about getting the, the sort of the benefit back from an inner perspective by being out there connecting with people. So, yeah, so those are some of the, the, the key elements that, that, that uh, you know, that it's contributed to, to my life. And 
Yeah, it's just it just keeps opening up. It's amazing, and and I think that's the that's also a, a core message is really when you start stepping over the boundaries, when you start reaching out, when you start letting yourself go. That's really as as I explained it. That's when the universe starts working with you, and actually you don't have to create every opportunity for yourself. They 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 arrive um, in a in a continuous stream when you actually come with that open mind and that open heart. Wow. Now I'm, I'm listening to you and I'm sure the very many, well, tens of thousands of people listen to this uh, podcast. Um, they're, they're probably thinking, well, I hope they're thinking as I am, how, how do we, how do we get involved? How do we find out more about under one sky point us in the direction of any social media presence you've got a website, um, you know, if somebody listening to this is thinking, I'll pack some apples, I'll deliver some food, I'll I'll give my expertise. How do they how do they get in touch with you to to offer that um, up to you? And or how do they find out more about Under One Sky? I think the best the best starting point is to go to our website, which is www.underonesky.cc. From there, of course, you can get to all the social uh, channels and everything else. But I think that's the best place to start because you find you'll find videos about what we do, you'll find blog posts about what we do, and you'll also just find information around how it started and everything else. So that's a good place to go. And then really on the website, you can just get in touch with us uh, using you know the contact facility. Um, and we have people contacting us every day wanting to volunteer uh, or coming in with other uh, things that they would like to contribute. So just get in touch. Um, and um, if we don't have volunteering opportunities right now, you go on a, on a database. And I'm pretty sure that in the near future with the plans that we have, there's going to be more. The other thing is we're more than happy to share with other uh, organizations who are in the same field. I firmly believe that this is, again, not about ego. It's not about carving out a piece that's yours. This is just about working together to make society work in a better way. So the website is a good place to start and we always welcome approaches. And uh, yeah, that's that's what we're reliant on. And, and that's the model we want to have. It's You could almost see it as, I, I want our model to be one where you, you you kind of fold out the walls and invite everyone to come in and to contribute so that we create a big network of, of compassion um, and drive instead of, a small uh, entity that's uh, that's responsible for that. That's a that's a very very well said. A lovely lovely thing to say. I'm, I'm again humbled to hear uh, what you you and all your colleagues are doing because I know this is certainly not just down to you. You've got an, a, a veritable army of people now that are helping you to change the lives of so many people. I'm going to use this before I ask you the last question, Mikhail. I'm going to use this as an opportunity to offer. Um, a small, um, a small part of me. Um, I've recently been involved in a charitable initiative. I do lots for charity, um, and we've been making up uh, hygiene packs. So deodorant, shampoo, conditioner, uh, toothpaste, brushes. Uh, I've got a significant number that we've been shipping out to different charities. I'd like to send you a box load if you can use them. Then. Uh, Please accept them with our compliments. And I'm also going to take this opportunity publicly to say that we are going to arrange a donation of 500 pounds on behalf of the Sandro Forte podcast 
to Under One Sky. I know it's not going to change the world, but it will be our little contribution to the amazing work that you and your colleagues are doing. So there's a couple of things that we will do today for you. Um, so with that in mind, final question. If you were if you were to give one piece of advice to a younger version of yourself with all of life's experience, you know, you've talked about passion and taking positive action and compassion. Uh, don't want to put words into your mouth, but what, what is the one thing, if people were listening to you now and you could summarize it all in one or two words, a simple sentence, what would be the mantra by which you would have everyone live their life? Uh, man, mantra is tough because that, <laughs> that has to be succinct, but what, what, I, uh, the, what I would like people to think about is, uh, really any age, is start thinking about why you're here. Start thinking about the gifts that you've been given, the skills that you have, the people that you know, and then start asking yourself, well, how can I make this world a better place? Because we can do that in various different ways. And it doesn't mean that you can't have a career. Uh, I mean, because th that's a good thing because um, that helps you grow on everything else. But just start thinking about what can you do here and and um, and yeah, support the people around you. I mean, as I said before, we're all social beings. We all need. Uh, I, I sort of see social connection like you know, water to plants. That's the kind of that's the nourishment we need. So I would say that think about the difference you can make, and then don't be afraid. The you know the mm. the world is is you know, one big playground. It's full of opportunities. Go out there, speak to people. You know, if someone rejects you, that's their loss, it's not yours. Just be free, don't be fearful. Very, very well put. That's a brilliant way to end. And, I, and I've really enjoyed this today. Uh, I could listen to you for hours and hours and hours. It's a shame that we have so little time. I often wish we we had more time with some of our guests, but uh, we might have to certainly, you know, in six months or so when that book is published and the documentary is released, I'd love to have you back on this podcast and tell us about the next stage of that amazing journey that you're all on. Um, all I can say uh, with, with huge gratitude is thank you so much uh, Mikel Iverson for being an amazing guest on the Sandro Forte podcast today. Thank you. It's been a, it's been a real privilege and, and just, uh, yeah, just great speaking to you. Yeah.